The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. Man's chief purpose, I'm starting that next week. I'm starting that next week, and it's really just glorify God and enjoy Him, and, and lift up praise to Him, and, and that's really kind of the main premise of it. You'll see that starting next week. Uh, we're going to have a couple weeks in that, but just to give you guys a little bit of thought behind, my, the, my thought process behind um, why I won't be preaching that actually this week. I had to throw that next series up there at the, at the top of that just a couple hours ago. Well, actually my wife did, Sarah. Um, I didn't, but you know, I was working on that, on this sermon Man's Chief Purpose, week one. I was working on it this past, yesterday, for all day long. All day long, I was just working on the sermon. I was just working through the text, and I think it's going to be so amazing. But I was just sitting there today in, in staff meeting, and I communicated some of this whenever I was at retreat. Just I, I, I think it's so easy for me to really just take on the responsibility of being your all's pastor and just the weight of that, and really I can distort that um, instead of being God's vessel to speak life into you, I see it as I'm the one speaking life into you, and I really forget that I'm, the, I'm, just, I'm just the tool. Uh, and I think that can get really easy, and I can take on the, the weight of me doing it and thinking that it really is just me doing it, and but it's not, and I'm lying to myself. Um, so just being tra- completely transparent, I, I've been exhausted. You wear yourself out when you're trying to do God's job, uh, just being quite frank. You wear yourself out when you're trying to do what God has never given you, uh, permission to do. He's never asked you to do. You're trying to do what he is wanting to do in your life. And uh, so I just got exhausted. I got worn out, uh, discouraged. And, you know, I, I think uh, it's really easy just to start saying, I can do this myself. I can take care of this. I can take on this responsibility. I can take on uh, this trial, this uh, whatever it is, turning this into you guys now, uh, this thing that I'm going through, that my family's going through, that my whatever, um, this relationship, I can take this on. It's all on me. I can, I can handle it. I don't need God. And, uh, and that's really been me. And I think that's just completely wrong. So I really wanted to actually address that. I was in staff meeting. I just leaned over. If you guys know, I have a really good rela- relationship with uh, Pastor Isaiah. We're really close friends. And um, I just leaned over. I was like, man, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I just... I, I just I just don't feel right yet. And he's like, don't preach it this week. Preach, preach that next week. Uh, really preach a text that you know that you're, you're just feeling. So, uh, oh, still nervous about actually taking that advice, but I did it. And um, really, I'm preaching this week on uh, the great Christian contradiction. Again, Sarah made that. I didn't make that because I wasn't planning on preaching this a couple hours ago. Um, but I really do believe that God has something to say both to me and, and to a lot of you guys here. The great Christian contradiction. Uh, and really that is being prideful, but yet still saying that you serve and live for Jesus Christ, that you live for God, yet you're going to be prideful thinking that you can take on all the things that come your way, that you can take on all the weight and you're just, wearing, you're just holding this weight on your shoulders everything, and it's exhausting, and it's tiring, trying to worry about what people think about you. It's all up to you to, to set their mindset on you, and then it's all up to you to fix your family dynamic, to, to handle the relationship between your mom and your dad. It's all on you. It's up to you to deal with uh, the, 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 uh, whatever it is, and you just have this weight on your shoulders, just weight on your shoulders, 
And it really, I think, is the great Christian contradiction. Say that you're servant and say that you believe in God, taking away everything, taking off the, the weight of sin, right? Taking off the weight of all the stress, all the anxiety. Taking, that is what the gospel is, right? We believe that Jesus Christ did what we could not do, save us, right? To bring us into relationship with him because we are incapable. We proclaim that, but we live completely differently. The great contradiction in Christianity is being so prideful, thinking that you can handle it. And it's the polar opposite of what the gospel is based off. The gospel is based off of the fact that we cannot. And so the great Christian contradiction, I, this isn't the text that, I was going to be, that I'm preaching on uh, in just a couple minutes, but I, I couldn't help but not talk about it because I think it's such a beautiful description of this. Such a beautiful description of just trusting. And the gospel, trusting in Jesus, trusting in God to do for us what we can't do. Mark 8, I think it starts, I don't have it, um, it's not on the screen, it's not going to be on the screen. Uh, I think it starts in verse 23, but Mark 8, this blind man from Bethsaida, he comes to, to Jesus, or Jesus comes to him rather, and, and he's blind. And if you know the, anything about the whole being blind in ancient culture, you think about uh, blindness as a disability in today's culture, in modern culture, it was certainly so in the ancient world. Blindness disabled you from being anything socially. You were, you were now established as a beggar the second that you were deemed blind. Like you, you couldn't do anything. You couldn't hold up for yourself. You couldn't do anything for society. And so now you are only as good for a beggar. And so this man was a blind man. Um, and so that really he was limited to any social class. He was disabled um, to be a part of society. And Jesus comes to him, and he takes his hand. It's just a beautiful, beautiful imagery. He takes the blind man's hand, and he leads him away to where the man isn't a spectacle for all these people to see the man get healed. He takes him, and he leads him out of town to privacy, leads him by the hand to where he could do what the man could never do. He gave him first sight, and then now he's a part of what he has never been a part of before. He lifted the burden that this man could have never lifted himself. He did for, what the, did for the man what he could never do. And, I mean, that's just really a beautiful concept, but I think how often is it that we are just as disabled in our circumstances, in the things that we're going through and the things that we're struggling with, we are beat down, and Jesus offers to take our hand, to lead us, to be our guide in that, to take us and, and make us to what we couldn't be. He, he lifts that burden off of us, and so often I think we could just say, no, I got it. I totally got it. I can actually walk out of town, and I'll make myself be able to see. I mean, what would happen if that text read that way? Jesus says, come here. Take my, take my hand. I'll guide you out of town. He goes, I got it. Don't, don't ask me to. You'd be like, what in the world is this dude thinking? Like, Jesus Christ, do you realize? That was the man that just healed the other guy down the road. Like, what are you doing? And yet, we are that. We do that. We are the man that is, that is completely just encapsulated and, and, and burdened by our circumstances, yet we don't accept what God offers to guide us out of that, to, to take, us, take that burden off of us. And so often we shrug that and say, no, I don't need you to take my hand, yet he offers it. I think that's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that God does, and uh, it's a sad thing that we do in response uh, the great Christian contradiction. Pride. 
pride, thinking that you can do it yourself. And so um, I'm going to be talking about that um, tonight out of 1 Peter chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. 1 Peter chapter 5. This is really in the context. Peter's writing to uh, Jews that are all over, Christians that are all over uh, the, the, the nation. And he, he writes to them in their persecution. Literally, people are being killed. People are being tortured for their faith. If you want to talk about being burdened by your circumstances, these people certainly made the cut. These people were under a lot of affliction. They had something to complain about, something to be worried about something to have anxiety over. These people were in persecution, and so Peter writes to them, and it's just really a discourse, just giving them advice how to handle it, how to make it through that, how to persevere through this, how to stick with one another. And so that's what this whole letter is. It's just how to be able to live faithfully to God, to be able to glorify him, to give give praise to him despite your circumstances, despite the the, uh, anxiety that you have, the circumstances that are wearing you down, that are burdening you. He's saying not only can you persevere through that, but you can be uh, glorifying God in it. And so um, this is what he writes in Chapter 5, he says, uh, well, first he's talking about starting in verse 1, chapter 5. He starts talking to uh, leaders, saying, lead your flock. They need you. Your flock needs you. So if you're a leader, if you're an elder, lead them, guide them, direct them. And then also you who are a part of the flock, listen to them. We need community. We need each other to be bonding together, to trust one another. And then he says in verse 5, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility. Humility, the great contradiction, I believe, of Christianity is pride. Trusting in God is what we're called to, yet we are prideful and think we can handle it ourselves. He says, close yourselves in humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Starting in verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties On him because he cares for you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Humble yourselves. I think that's just really interesting that he's talking about how to uh, deal with anxiety, how to deal with trouble, how to deal with stress. Okay, anyone can relate to any of those? Anxiety, stress, worry. Yeah, okay, yeah, preach, that's what I'm trying, Uh, me too, me too, I can deal with that, but it's really interesting, listen to this, it's really interesting, you think about it, what does he say as an answer to that, as an answer to, you are are anxious, you are are filled with worry, you're filled with, with anxiety about this, rightfully so, there's a lot going on here, but what does he say, humble yourself, humble yourself, how in the world, Peter, is humbling yourself, an answer to the anxiety that you're facing right now. Humble yourself. Side note, though, I just want to make a quick side note before I jump into this anymore. Uh, trusting in God that, that he's going to take care of your worries, trusting in God that he will persevere for you um, does not mean that you have to be passive or not do anything yourself, that you don't have to take action. Your own situation with your family or whatever, insert your own circumstance, your situation with your family it is, it is not 
in opposition to trust in God fully to make a work in your family, but also take on the responsibility to do what you can to share the gospel, to be the vessel in which he's gonna work. It is, not, it is not bad to trust that God is going to do something. If anything is going to change the heart of someone in your family, to change the heart, the atmosphere of your family, to, to mold, to mend, to build up relationship, it's going to be him. It certainly can't be us. We can't transform lives. We can't change people. Only he can. It will be God if that happens, but I, I don't want that to be an excuse for us to not do anything. That, well, if God's got, got, got it taken care of, well, I don't have to do anything. If you keep reading in this passage in First Peter uh, 5, there's a bunch of verbs that he calls us to do. Cast, your, cast all your anxieties on him. Um, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Go down to verse 9. Resist the devil. So there's a lot of action verbs for us to do. We are called to do something in our anxiety, do something in our worries, but it is not to trust ourselves only. It's to trust God, but also be active so we aren't to be passive whenever we believe that God's going to do something in your life. So I just want to say that really quick, but uh, humble trust in God, trusting God more than you trust yourself is not in opposition to engaging the problem yourself. And being a vessel in which God can work, okay? Um, and so humble yourself. Humble yourself to the point of trusting God. Setting yourself as a subject to God. Believing God can do more than I could do. I think that can sound really churchy. Just trust in God. And I think some of you might be sitting here thinking, you have no idea what in the world I'm going through. Who are you to tell me? Uh, and even if that's, if I'm your pastor, and even if you're new, especially if you're new, if you're, you've never even met me, we've never even talked, and I have no idea what you're going through, it's kind of understandable for you to be like, who in the world are you to tell me that you should just trust in God, that I can't handle it? I don't think you understand, and if you knew my circumstances, I think maybe some of you guys could be saying that, if you knew my circumstances, preacher, if you knew my circumstances, Isaac, you wouldn't be saying it's so easy just to trust in God. And so who are you to tell me that it's easy just to humble yourself to the point of trusting in God to do something in your life that we know that we can't do? How in the world do we do that? How do we do that? It sounds a little easier than maybe it is, uh, but I think Peter answers it. Humble yourself in the midst of your anxiety, believing that you can't do anything, just accepting the fact that you can't fix it. Trust that God how? Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the, at the proper time he might exalt you. I really think that the answer to trusting in God in your circumstances, trusting God in what you're going through, is answered when you see how mighty he is and how incapable you are. That is the answer to it. If you really want to trust God in your circumstances, to take off the weight of your anxiety, to be freed from it, just be relaxed, and that I can't handle it, is really just embracing the fact that you can't, you won't. And the longer that it takes to, to figure that out, the longer you're going to be bearing the weight that there's no fixing for yourself anyway. And I think it really starts with just embracing the fact that God has a mighty hand, that God can do it. Let me, let me flesh that out for you. Um, Isaiah chapter 6. I don't know if we have it here or not. Isaiah chapter 6. If you were just read this, this book, Sarah and I were just talking, like Isaiah is just a an amazing book, talks about just the glory of God, who God is and how great he is. Isaiah chapter six says, in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temples. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. Just try to picture this, okay? This creature, this is insane. 
Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two that covered their faces, two that covered their feet, and with two that cover, uh, that, that he flew. So he's flying with two wings, two wings covering his feet, two wings covering his face. In this case, six wings total these creatures had, and they're flying around. And one of them called to another, holy, holy, holy is not them, but who is Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. These things are insane creatures, and they're saying how amazing God is. The temples were filled with his robes, his glory, and they said, holy, holy, holy. The foundation of the threshold shook at his voice. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man unclean, and I dwell in the midst of people unclean. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. God is amazing. I think when you read the scriptures, when you understand how great God is, when you understand how amazing and how powerful God is, It only makes sense that you'd say, man, why in the world am I carrying this burden? Why would I not throw this onto God? When you start to realize how great God is, when you start to subject yourself, when you start to see him in the position that you ought to at such a low level and that he's such a high level, why in the world would we trust ourselves to bury, to carry the burdens that we do? Why would we not throw those onto him who it would be nothing? It is crushing us. It is crushing you to bear those weights And God is simply reaching out his hand saying, let me take your hand, let me guide you. Because that is literally nothing to me to carry that weight. And yet we still are so prideful to say, no, I've got it. I'm going to keep trucking forward, barely making it. That is is a contradiction of the gospel. Whenever you do that, it's pride that you can handle. And when you know you can, God is amazing. And he can't, I, I, uh, Thanksgiving time, I will always go and, well, I used to, I guess I don't anymore, uh, go to, play football with my friends back in Kansas City, and we would go, called it the Turkey Bowl, uh, early, early uh, morning, Thanksgiving, we would just go play and uh, tackle football. We had a great time. I'm pretty good, at, I'm really good at tackling, um, but I'm not great at uh, the offensive side, the whole catching thing. If you guys saw me in the free time, uh, you saw that. I'm really bad at catching. Uh, but I remember one year, a couple years back, there was these, there was these huge guys. I mean, uh, I've got a beard, but this man had like a lumberjack beard. You know those kind of beards. Uh, this guy had like a beard that like, if you even touch your hand, we get swallowed up, and you're like trying to pull it out. I mean, this is like a man's man's beard. And, um, and this guy was like, not only amazing, he, his calves were like, uh, I don't know, elephant tusks or something. But um, so he could tackle. And uh, I was like, okay, you're a good tackler. But then not only, it, it's a rare phenomenon when somebody is a, a, a stud on both offensive defense. They threw it, I remember. And you guys, I don't even know who this was, but he looked like the person that broke his back in the NFL whenever he caught it, like one-handed and bent back. You know who I'm talking about? Um, I mean, it was insane. He literally caught the ball like one-handed. And um, I was like, yeah, I, <clears throat> I pick you. I want you on my team. Like that only makes sense. Right? Like, I'm not catching that ball like that. I want him on my team. Why are we not like that with, with God? I want God to be able to handle this for me. I want God to do this for me. Like, he's offering to. He's, he's offering to bear this burden, to take this weight. And we're just like, nah, I totally got this one. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. See yourself in the perspective, uh, in, in the, uh, uh, position of seeing God and, and who he is, how mighty he is, humble yourself to that. 
He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, seeing how great he is, so that uh, at the proper time, he will exalt you. He will, not you. He will, not you. At the proper time, and I think that's really kind of interesting, at the proper time, we don't know when he's going to or even how he's going to. He very well could do it. It's actually likely that he will um, take this burden off of you. Uh, it's likely that he'll do it whenever, not when when's ideal for you, when you think is best. I think we always think is immediate is best. Uh, that's not always the case. So when the proper time is, he will do it. And we don't know how he'll do it. It's possible that it could be an eternity. That you go through this whole life with that. That's just being honest. That's what, the, that's what the text is saying. So I have to say, I think that it very well could be that this anxiety, this thing that is bearing you down, that is weighing you down, it could be that he will lift that off of you when you go into eternity with him. And he will say, wow, good and faithful servant, being persevering through that. But we are to trust in him in that. I saved all these whenever Aaron and I went and cleaned the uh, tabernacle at camp. We saved all the sticky notes and just been praying over you guys uh, with, all, with all your sticky notes. Uh, those of you who didn't go to retreat, we, we had this wall that you could just put notes, just like pray for me this, pray for this, pray for this, I need to pray for this. You could be anonymous, you could put your name on it, whatever you wanted, but just, just to say like I need people to lift up prayer for me, with me. And so Aaron's like, what do you want me to do with these? And I'm like, man, hold on to those. I need to pray over those. I need to think about those and, and read those. And, um, and I have been. I, I mean, looking at some of these, there a lot of them are anonymous. And if they're not, I'm not going to say the name. But, um, I mean, just going through them, we have, for my family, parents struggling, fighting, experiencing God in a real way, being able to just sense his presence, to grow in a deeper relationship with God. I need healing, physical healing. Lying, manipulating, struggling with just sin. Trauma that I've experienced. We have some deep thing, trauma that I've experienced. Not knowing my future, what in the world am I going to do? What am I going to do for the future? I just don't know uh, my path. I want God to guide me in that. Fears. Forgiveness. I need to forgive this person. Uh, I need to forgive them for what they've done to my family, to me. I need to forgive. Having trouble with school, with friends there, social life. Deep desire uh, to have compassion for other people, to care for other people. I mean, this is this is a this is a lot. This is weighty. My goodness, if we, and this is only like a, a percentage of the individuals sitting in this room, we are filled with needs. We are filled with real, real things. Things that any one of us bearing any one of these is enough. But we can probably, a lot of us can attest and agree with, yep, amen, yep, amen, yep, amen. Keep reading, yep, amen, I need that, yep, amen. And we are, yet, could you imagine having any one of these let alone multiple, and not bringing them to the Lord, trusting in God, praying to God that he would be the Could you imagine bearing the weight of any one of these ourselves, trusting ourselves that we can do it? Maybe you can't imagine because that's exactly what you're doing. Maybe you can't imagine what it feels like to bear the weight of any one of these because that's exactly what you're doing day in and day out. I just have to ask, like, why? Why? 
Why? Is it because we don't see the mighty hand of God? We don't see how powerful God is, that he would act and he could lift it and say that's absolutely nothing in comparison to him? Do we not see how great God is, how amazing, how powerful God is in comparison to any one of these? Do we not see how incapable we are of handling it every single day? That yesterday, just being broken down, breaking up and just falling into tears because of how exhausting it is, was that not enough to learn that today should not be the same? I think, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not just preaching to you guys. I've broken down anxiety attacks about things, yet somehow I fall into the same things and I, I have an anxiety attack about the same exact thing months later, right? Do we not understand the mighty hand of God? Are we not humbling ourselves to the point of seeing that only he can handle it, only he can fix it? We cannot. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time, he would exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares about you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares about you. I absolutely love that part. Um, I, whenever I... Um, a lot of you guys know I got married recently. Whenever we did, I gave Sarah a present uh, the day of our wedding. It was a devotional book that um, we do. We, we, we read through every morning together, and we just, we just enjoy what God is speaking to us in. And, um, and this verse, 1 Peter 5, 7, was the verse that was on uh, for our wedding day. Cast all your fears and anxieties on him because he cares about you. And I, and I actually loved that that was on our wedding day. It was so fitting. And I wrote a little note to her in the very beginning um, on the front page, and I have just a little excerpt of it, uh, what I wrote at the front page. But at the very end, I wrote 1 Peter 5, 7 uh, because it was, it was our wedding day. But it's so true. I said, Sarah, because my care... For you runs so deep. It may be my initial inclination to assume the role of your primary care, but these are times that I must repent and direct you to the one who care, whose care for you and love for you runs even, even deeper than mine. And I want to I explain that because I think maybe you're like, well, you are the primary care. You are the main person that should take care of her. And I, I completely agree. I am the number one human being that will take care of her. And if, and if I need to, I will give up my life to, to protect her. I really, I will. But I am not the primary care for Sarah when it comes to God or I. And actually, I think I would be doing a disservice to her. I think I would be demonstrating hate to Sarah if I assumed I was the primary role before God to take care of her needs. What a terrible thing that I would do. What a sin I would do upon her to think that I could take care of her troubles, that I could be her main care and make God step aside to where I could do his job for him. What a terrible thing that I would be doing for her. Right? What a terrible thing that would be. Cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He, his love runs deeper for you than you could ever imagine. And he wants to so badly to reach out Take your hand, guide you, and lift up this weight that he never asked you to bear in the first place. And really, I think it's all about positioning, to be able to see your struggle in the position in which seeing that I can't do it, 
I don't know why I'm trying in the first place, and saying, I know you can. Because you have seraphim flying around you, and they're saying, you're amazing, saying, you're holy, that your train fills the heavens, that you're in charge of all things, that you created time, you are greater than all things. Why in the world am I carrying the weight of worrying about what other people think of me, carrying the weight of trying to fix my family? If, you're, if, if my family is going to get fixed, I guarantee you it is through the hand of God and it's only by his grace because he directed. It's not because, well, Isaac's amazing. That, God, that, that Isaac is just, man, he is a wonder worker. The thing that is weighing you down right now If you want to get through it, I can guarantee you it is by the grace of God that he would lift that off of you and that he would take care of you. And he's offering to take off the weight, the number one weight you could ever face. And that is the sin in your life, the the unholiness, the uncleanliness. I don't think it takes too long of uh, of a survey to take inventory of your life and to see that maybe you're not the greatest person in the world. I'm not calling anyone out because you're in light company. You're, you're in good company that we are all horrible people. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. But why in the world do we take it upon ourselves to think that we can make it better for us? Why would we not cast that onto God, let alone all the other things that we're struggling with? I needed this this week to just say, cast my anxieties on the Lord because he cares about you because he wants to take it off of you. Humbly put yourself under the hand of God and trust in him that he will handle it, that he'll take care of it. Would you guys stand with me? I just want to pray to him. And as we go into singing songs to him, may that be true. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, we'll have leaders. If you guys want to stand on the sides to be there for prayer, we'll have individuals up there to pray. And that's not just for, uh, that's not just to, for show or whatever, for, because it's just what we always do. But that is because we really believe that God, when we give to him our struggles, when we give to him our desire for these things to be fixed, to be worked through, to be able to be lifted off of us, because we believe that when we give that to God, he will work. Psalm 34, 19 says there are many struggles for the righteous, but he will deliver them out of it. It is a promise. He will deliver them out. It's a declarative statement. Psalm 34, 19, he will take care of his people because he's able. We might not be able to to take us out, but he is. And so I encourage you to don't take this burden on yourself, thinking that you can just stand here and make it through this service, get out there and just conquer the world with, you know, beat all those struggles that you're going through. Don't lie to yourself. Take it to, to God. Pray with someone to work through God. May you, may you, may your mighty hand work in this. I can promise you I'm going to. As soon as I finish this prayer, I'm going straight to one of these leaders. I don't know which one, any of them. I, I believe in every single one of them to lift up my needs to God. But you know what it takes? It takes humbling. To admit I have issues. The very first thing that text said was humble yourself. To walk over to somebody. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you.
Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for today. I just pray right now, Lord, that we would be humbled to the point of believing that you are the ones that if anyone's going to work in our situations, the things that we came in here, the baggage that we have, if anyone is going to fix, anyone is going to conquer, anyone is going to beat all the things that we're going through, Lord, it is you. It is not us. Lord, may we be humbled in that. May we believe that. May we embrace. May we embrace. May we own our inability. May we own our inability and may it just that much more push us to believing and trusting in you. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. I encourage you to bring your needs to a leader. Pray with one another and lift up praise to God. We hope you enjoyed this sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite